We're going to be continuing our study through the book of Revelation. We're in chapter 6. So Jesus is in the process of opening the seals uh, that were on the scroll that God had handed to him. And so he's opening the seals. He's done four seals so far. And those seals opened up, it began with a white horse. And if you remember, the Antichrist was sitting on that horse. If you haven't seen or don't remember, the, watch it again. It's online. And um, the white horse, everybody try, tries to tie it to Jesus. No, it's not the time for Jesus to be riding in on the white horse. This is the Antichrist acting like he's in control, like he's in charge. Next is the red horse, and that red horse brings war to the earth. The next horse after the red one is a black one that brings famine to the earth. And then finally a pale horse, and that pale horse brings death to the earth. Two billion people will die during the first three and a half years of tribulation. Two billion people. And that's, can't even imagine that. But that's what's going to take place, we're told here in the Word. This brings us to our message today, where the title is, You Can't Hide. And we resume our study, Revelation chapter 6 and verse 9 where we read, When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, until you judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? And then a white robe was given to each of them, And it was said to them that they should rest a little while longer until both the number of their fellow servants and their brethren who would be killed as they were was completed. And so we start off with souls that were slain for the word. As we're singing that song today, bless the Lord, oh my soul, my soul wants to cry out. Sometimes our mouth doesn't want to, sometimes our head doesn't, but our soul wants to just cry out to the Lord. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. And we cry out to him. By the way, I didn't plan that. Cheryl makes this song list months in advance. This is just how God puts the worship together that we do with the message. And sometimes it just smacks you upside the head. And today was one of those, you know, smacking moments. (laughs) Souls don't have a body, as far as I know. Uh, I haven't seen a soul, but they, they don't have bodies. Because it's part of our body. It's, it's inside of us, our soul. I was in the Navy. 
I controlled aircraft. And when you talk to the pilots, when I would take control of an aircraft, a P-3, they have 21 people on board, an S-3 has four people on board, uh, SH-60 can have up to five people on board the helicopter. But when I take control of them, I need to get a report from them telling me everything I need to know, how much fuel you have on board and how many souls on board. Need to know the number of humans that are alive on board. The regular airports do that too. If you've ever listened in to the pilot when the pilot is getting ready to take off, uh, if you can, sometimes they'll let you listen into the channel that the pilots are communicating with the tower, and you can hear them ask. And the pilot will respond, I have this much fuel on board, I have this many souls on board. And so souls are living people. They're alive. Souls are alive. And here we see that there are souls underneath the altar at the throne room. These are the souls of those that were martyred, that were killed for the name of Jesus Christ. There are six, no, (laughs) there is a martyr, a person killed in the name of Jesus, for the name of Jesus, every six minutes in the whole world. You know, we don't think of martyrs very much you know, because we don't consider having that problem here in Fountain Hills, in Scottsdale, in our area. We just don't see that happening. But in the world, it's something completely different. Every six minutes, someone is martyred for the name of Jesus Christ. That's not a Christian dying. That's someone being killed for the purpose of Jesus Christ, because they're believers in Jesus Christ. So these souls are under the altar. Notice they don't have a body with them. They're souls. You see, we're around the throne worshiping the Lord on the throne. We got that picture in the throne room, the time of worship and celebration that's going on there. But these souls aren't with us. They don't have a body. Their body is still here. You see, they weren't in the rapture. So when they are martyred, their bodies don't automatically go in a a rapture type event where they end up in heaven. Their bodies stay here for the time being. I don't know if they're ever reconnected with their bodies in that sense. I don't know, because we're not told exactly what happens. But these are different people. They're not in the same place that we are. We're worshiping. We have new bodies. We've received new bodies at the rapture. In the twinkling of an eye, We will be changed. We can't go in these bodies. Thank goodness. They have to be changed. Okay? And so, and they're not being changed by Elon Musk to get, you know, a Neuralink or anything like that. These 
are changed by God. And we're going to have new bodies that can last for eternity. This one is barely making it 65 years. <laughs> but we're going to have new bodies that last for eternity. We can't imagine that. We can't even fathom that. But that's what we're told. These souls are not part of that group. They're separate. And they're under this altar. And they're given robes that signify the righteousness of Christ. I have a question. How does a soul wear a robe? It's like what? I don't know. There are some things we're not going to know until we're in heaven. There are some things we're not going to understand until they're made clear to us. But here, they're given robes. That's what we're told. It's hard to believe that there are people out there who can't live for Christ now, but will live for Christ after the rapture. It's hard for me to fathom that. If you can't do it now, you're going to have a lot harder time in the tribulation because it's going to cost you your life. Why not make it easy and just receive Jesus Christ now, right? It just makes sense to us as believers, as Christians, as ones who trust in the word of God. See, it's because of the Holy Spirit that we can be sure of our salvation. It's not because we become so knowledgeable through the word. The word of God is foolishness to those that perish, but to us it is the power of God. It's because we have been filled with the Holy Spirit and we can receive the word of God. We can receive the power of God through his Holy Spirit. And we can have clarity. I, I love that verse. We have the mind of Christ. I wish I would remember that all the time. Because a lot of times I'm using my own mind. I, I want to use the mind of Christ more often and my mind less often. But that's why people don't receive Jesus Christ. They're using their own mind. They're using their earthly mind to try to figure things out. How's that going for us? Uh, we Look at the condition of the world right now. This is what happens when mankind tries to make things better. It, it doesn't get better. It only gets as good as mankind can come up with, and that's not good. There's, you see, most people forget that there's an enemy. There's an enemy of God. He's the one that really has more influence in people's lives than God. Oh, the Holy Spirit is trying, but people have given up on the Holy Spirit, given up on God, and they're going with whatever else they can come up with, and the next best thing isn't best at all. It just leads to death. So these souls, they were crying out. So 
this is unusual. They're, they're going to get robes. They're crying out. So they're doing something. They're active. They're involved. They're doing something. And they're told that they should rest. But notice that it says rest a little while longer, meaning that they're resting already, that they're at rest. Well, coming from the tribulation, anything would be at rest. But being in the presence of God, even under the altar, and I don't want to get into all of the meaning of the altar and so on and so forth. There are many different understandings of what it means. I've, I've read many different commentaries from different people that try to explain these things. And you know what I got out of them? Nothing. Because they don't know. It's their opinion. It's speculation based on their knowledge of Old Testament scripture. And they try to come up with reasons why this is happening. I don't know. What I do know is that as believers before the rapture, we're told what's going to happen. We're going to be in the presence of the living God. We're going to be celebrating together. We're going to sit down at a meal with the Lord, and we're going to have this big feast there. Can you imagine... Cheryl and I have been going out to eat at different restaurants. Food isn't what it used to be. It, it's, it's getting worse. And it's like, okay, I can't wait to taste just one bite of food that comes from God in heaven. Are you looking forward to that? Yeah. Woohoo! We'll be there together. It's going to be awesome. They were able to cry out, they were able to rest, because that's what we're told here. These are the people that are saved during the tribulation period. These are the ones who proclaimed the name of Jesus Christ and did not take the mark. If you're watching this at a later date, and uh, uh, millions of people have disappeared off the face of the earth, do not take the mark. I don't know what they're going to call it, but right now, you know. And so don't take whatever they're selling. Stand firm in what you believe in Christ. Don't stand for the earth because you're going to see many ugly things happening. I believe many of our loved ones that we've shared the good news with, the gospel with, many of them are going to turn to Christ. And we're told that many do during that tribulation period. So even if they don't, now they have the opportunity to share, share with them the good news that Jesus loves them. Share with them about the rapture so that they're prepared, so that they know. It doesn't matter what anyone says about, well, that's not going to happen until this time or that time. Share it, because you love those people more than anyone else. And don't let someone else dissuade you from sharing the truth with them, because you love them. I'm not going to let someone I love just go through life and figuring it out on their own. I'm going to share with them 
what makes my life better and the truth that I know because of the word of God. We're, um, we're creating these USBs. Um, Michael brought the idea to me at one point. And uh, Michael is one of my board members, by the way. He's leaving for Boston tomorrow to uh, head back home. He lives in Boston. And, um, and uh, he and I have been friends for uh, a number of years. And um, we came up with the idea, he came up with the idea, and we put it together, uh, um, a USB that is, has information on it, a bunch of documents on it, and a video of this phenomenal pastor. Okay, I made a video. And, um, and it's just six minutes long, but it explains what took place or what's going to take place. So these can be used before or after the rapture in handing them to people that you love. And they can take these USBs and put them in the drawer that you know they're going to put them into because they don't want to hear it again. But then the rapture happens. And they're going to pull it out. Because I believe AI is so advanced that it already has marked any Christian information on the internet right now. And as soon as the rapture happens, it's all going to be gone. It will disappear. You won't be able to reach it. And so these USBs will be something that they'll say, oh, I remember. They gave me that. And then plugging it in and reading the documentation, watching the video. Well, we're, we're currently finishing these up. We may put one or two more little videos in there, little snippets. And, um, and it's just something else to help point them in the right direction when the time comes. Many will be saved. We just want to be able to get more information out there so that even more will be saved uh, during that time. Verse 12. And I looked when he opened the sixth seal, and behold, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became like blood, and the stars of heaven fell to the earth as a fig tree drops its late figs when it is shaken by a mighty wind. And then the sky receded as a scroll when it is rolled up, and every mountain and island was moved out of its place. That's an earthquake. Massive earthquake. 1883, Krakatoa. This little island in Indonesia, uh, it exploded with the volcano and the aftershocks and the um, um, tidal waves that were formed from it went all the way around the world. It was felt everywhere. The sound of it was heard in Australia 2,800 miles away and to the north, another 3,000 miles away, they heard this explosion. It gave off 22 million pounds of sulfur that entered the atmosphere. Climate change? 
it lowered the temperature for a number of years by two degrees. It completely covered the whole earth. The jet stream took that dirt, the sulfur, so on and so forth, and it went worldwide, throughout the world. There were places that were um, so affected by it that it looked like the sky was on fire. Poughkeepsie, New York, and um, New London, Connecticut, actually called out their fire departments because they thought there were forest fires and they sent out their fire departments to respond. It was the sky. Now, we've seen the red in the sky when you get dust in the air. It's dust. Dust is beautiful, isn't it? Except when it's in your house. And we could see how the sky changes They had that for years. The whole earth, the whole world had these different looking sunsets and sunrises. It went on for years. One, one volcano. That was it. Just one. The whole earth is going to shake. The sun's going to be darkened. Why? Because the clouds are going to cover it. The cloud of dirt is going to... You want to hear about some unusual things happening? There were frozen fish dropping from the sky because of that volcano eruption. Fish was somehow sent up into the atmosphere and they were dropping out of the sky on land, frozen. Wild, huh? Wouldn't you like to see that? Raining cats and dogs? No, raining fish. That would just be weird, right? Can you imagine what it's going to be like here? They say the stars are going to be hitting. Well, we know that there are craters and stuff like that where things have made an impact on the earth. And they say that's what killed the dinosaurs, you know, off or because of these kind I, I just think Noah said, sorry, no room. And, and that was it. They weren't allowed on the ark. I don't know. But there were dinosaurs. There were. They lived on the earth. At the same time, men lived on the earth. There's evidence of that. So we try to come up with excuses for everything. I just trust the word of God. And that tells me what I should know and what I should care about. So it's going to happen. As a matter of fact, Joel talks about these different events taking place in Joel chapter 2, verse 31. The sun shall be uh, turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. Well, that ties right into what we're reading here. And then in Chapter 3, verse 14 of Joel, it says, Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. For the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. The sun and the moon will grow dark and the stars will diminish their brightness. There's going to be some climate change. And it's going to be worldwide. 
and I don't want to be here for that, and we, we won't be here for that as believers in Jesus Christ. We won't be here for that. But there's going to be some devastating stuff taking place. It's not a local earthquake. The Loma Prieta earthquake that shook um, uh, San Francisco, 89, um, it was 6.9. And it did devastation there. 67 people died. 67. 3,700 people were injured. But that was it. There are millions of people up there. And this is going to be worldwide. Two billion people will lose their life during the three and a half years of the first part of tribulation. So how does the world react to this? Verse 15. And the kings of the earth, the great men, the rich men, the commanders, the mighty men, every slave and every free man hid themselves in the caves and in the rocks of the mountains and said to the mountains and rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the lamb for the great day of his wrath has come and who is able to stand? I'd like to think that deception of the enemy uh, is what led these people to think that this earthquake, the, the whole earthquake was a natural disaster. I would like to think that it was deception that did that, that caused them, because look at the world today, they're being deceived. One of the greatest deception that Satan has is to make people believe that there is no hell. It's not that there's no God, there's no hell, and there's no Satan. That's one of the greatest deceptions. It, it gives people peace with their lives. Uh, and, you know, so I would like to think, okay, what kind of deception, what kind of lie are they going to come up with the rapture, Right? They're already preparing us for that, UFOs and so on and so forth. They're already preparing for the lie that they're going to tell. But then for the earthquake, how are they going to? And I would like to think that, okay, people are going to be deceived because they're going to, oh, it's just a natural event. It's, it's something that happened. Oh, the other side of the world got hit with a, a comet and that's what caused all. It's just not true. But God is trying to get the attention of the people living through this time. He's trying to wake them up and give them an opportunity to repent. We're going to read that throughout the book of Revelation, that God was trying to wake people up. And they still didn't want to believe. They didn't want to follow. But here's my my problem is that we're not told that they were deceived because it says that every free man, every slave hid themselves in caves and in the rocks of the mountains and said to the mountains, fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the lamb. They know who it is. They know who's doing this. They're fully aware that it's 
How did they know that he's sitting on the throne? So they're not just dolts that don't understand what's going on. These are rich, powerful, wealthy, poor, slaves, everyone on the earth knows what's going on and they're all running for the hills wanting the rocks to fall on them, hide them from the face of him who sits on the throne. That's a deception in and of itself because I believe that even the enemy has deluded people into believing that they can't be saved after a certain period of time. You were left here on earth, you can't be saved. The people that were saved were the ones that went up in the rapture. You're stuck here, you're going to die. And I believe that that's what's going to be happening during that time. That people will be deceived. Satan's church, the actual Satan's church that's on the earth right now, the motto of the Satan's church is you can check out any time you like, but you can never leave. Hotel California? That's actually a song about the Satanic church. And so if you look at the lyrics, the whole song is about the Satanic church. If you open up the Eagles album cover, you'll look inside and you'll see someone standing on the balcony inside the hotel. That person is Aleister Crowley, the high satanic priest. And so the song is all about the satanic church. And their motto is, you can check out any time you like, but you can never leave. You know the part of the song where I know a a lot of you know the song. (laughs) Part of the song that says we haven't had that spirit here since 1969. It became a satanic church in 1969. There is no spirit of God there. Wine representing the spirit of God. Because they asked for some wine. And so if you look at the lyrics of the whole song, it's all about the satanic church. People are deluded into believing they're locked in. I've made my decision. Many of the artists that are out there today have made a pact with the devil to become famous and prosperous and so on and so forth, but they also believe that they can't go back now. Now they're locked in to being part of Satan's church. I don't believe that's the majority of the people in the world today. But I don't know what's going to take place during the tribulation. I don't know what lies are going to get out there. If people believe that it's okay to change a child's sex at seven years old, if people believe that that's okay, I can't imagine what it's going to be like in five years from now. Because that came on like this, didn't it? Uh, You know, it it wasn't that long ago that people actually had common sense. Now it's gone. I I don't even know. I was talking with my uncle last week, Cheryl, and I went to visit him. He's 89, living up there in, in Vegas. And he says, 
what happened to the world? What happened? He just became a believer in Jesus Christ. He invited Jesus into his life last year. I I was able to pray with him and led him to the Lord. And, um, you know, so, but now he has this much knowledge. The rest of his knowledge is Catholic. And so he has this much knowledge about the truth of the word of God. So he looks at this and just thinks, how can it have gotten so far out of hand? That's the world today. They don't realize how far out of control the world is right now. They're just going along with it. They're supporting whatever. Love is love. No, God is love. And he gave us the greatest love story that we could ever have. He gave it to us so that we can understand love. We can participate in that love story just by reading his word and being part of that love story. Inviting his Holy Spirit in so we can finish the story together. We close considering how many people are heading in the right direction today. There aren't a lot. Are you looking forward to Jesus coming in the clouds? I hope you are. Because that's our hope. Our blessed hope is not in who gets elected or what's going on in Washington or in New York or anywhere else. Our blessed hope is in Jesus Christ. And he is going to do exactly what he said he is going to do. He's going to fulfill all the promises that he made. Every promise that God has given us will be fulfilled in him. John the Baptist made it clear where the dividing line is in John 3.36 when he said, He who believes in the Son has everlasting life, and he who does not believe in the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides in him. I mean, he just nailed it. That's the condition of the world today. Every human being is taking a position where we've decided where we're going to stand. And the line is not blurry anymore. There's a dividing line. And either you're here or you're here. And we're making a stand for what we believe because we have to. We have no choice. And people on the other side, because there are so many more of them, think that they're making a wise decision. Unfortunately, they're grasping at straws. They're not understanding and seeing the truth. You can't hide. There is no hiding. And everyone has to take a position. Sheep or goats, take your pick. Sheep are better. They're not smarter, but I'd rather be in the camp of the sheep because I know the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world is our leader. And I want to be in his camp. There are many people that are going to lose their lives here on the earth, but the 
choice they can make now can change where they're going to spend eternity. So let's get the good news to them now while we still can. Amen?